welcome to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hey, hey, I'm so excited you're here for today's Q&A episode because we have some juicy topics. I'm going to be answering four of your questions, and they're all around heavy periods, IUDs, exterior toxins, and post-workout. So I'm just going to dive right in because I want to get this going. So the first question is, what can I do to lessen or prevent heavy periods? There are a few people that asked this question. Otherwise, I would say who asked it, but there are a few of you who asked this. So that's why I thought it was really important to cover. So first of all, with heavy periods, it comes from excess estrogen majority of the time. And what that means is your body isn't properly detoxifying the estrogen out of your body. And how that works is our liver is responsible responsible for processing and metabolizing our excess hormones, our toxins, all that stuff that comes into our body and moves it onto the gut. And then it's the gut's responsibility to actually eliminate it out of the body. So you could either have an issue with your liver not being able to process and metabolize it properly or, and or your gut is inflamed or impaired or you have um, imbalanced gut flora so you're not able to properly eliminate it out of your body, especially if you're constipated or something like that, you're definitely not eliminating excess estrogen. So when that happens, it gets reabsorbed back into your body and it creates an imbalance which causes really heavy periods. It could also cause heavy cramping, breast tenderness, mood swings, things like that. For more information about gut health, because excess estrogen is really tied to gut health, go back to episode number 10. I feel like I refer back to this episode in every single podcast episode I do, but it's because everything is around the gut. So that's um, where excess estrogen comes from. And so where I would start is definitely with healing your gut for sure, making sure that that's intact. Um, That's probably the first step for literally no matter what your situation is. But other things that you could do to help that is to reduce or completely remove caffeine, alcohol, and dairy. Now, I know those are three like major things that people love and could be a huge part of your life. That obviously doesn't mean you need to reduce or remove them all at once. I actually would not recommend that because that wouldn't be sustainable. But if you do have um, really heavy periods and from that excess estrogen, look at your caffeine consumption, your alcohol consumption, and your dairy consumption. And out of those three, think, okay, which of those three do I have every single day and do I have most of the time? Um, I'm assuming probably caffeine or dairy would be something that you have more so in like higher quantities than alcohol. So maybe start with one of those. And the reason for that is because caffeine and alcohol actually increase your estrogen levels. And dairy does as well because dairy is loaded with hormones and they actually are like they mimic our own production of hormones. So when we ingest it, even if it is organic dairy, if we when we ingest it, the hormones in the dairy actually latch on to our hormone receptors because our body is like, oh, these look like our estrogen hormones. So like we'll take these on, but they're not because they're from the dairy. And then our actual own production of estrogen continues to go floating around the body because 
the hormone receptors are already taken up by the estrogen from the dairy. Okay, does that make sense? So we eat dairy, it has estrogen, that's not our estrogen, but it's similar to ours. So that estrogen gets latched on to our hormone receptors, and then our own production of estrogen is still floating around our body. Okay, it's called xenoestrogens, but so that's what happens with the dairy. So what I would say is look at your intake of caffeine, alcohol, and dairy and see where you can start. Maybe start with caffeine and instead have hot water with lemon um, or just start in- de- decreasing the amount you have by 50%. I did a whole episode on caffeine, so go back to that. I'll also link it in the show notes. I forget what number it is, maybe 12. I'll go back and link it. So those are three things that you could really do um, to cut out and remove to help start the process of helping your excess estrogen. And then also you could add in cruciferous vegetables. And cruciferous vegetables are things like kale, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, collards, um, broccoli. Those have something called goitrogens in them. Um, So it's really important that you make sure that you have them cooked because if you have them raw a lot, it could mess up your thyroid. So I always, because of the goitrogens in it, so I always recommend that you have them at least lightly cooked, sauteed, something like I don't want you eating a ton of raw broccoli and um, a ton of raw kale, especially if you are someone who does have a thyroid problem. So um, cruciferous vegetables, again, those really help detoxify estrogen out of our liver. So that's really helpful. So what you're going to do if you have really heavy periods, I suggest that you reduce or remove caffeine, alcohol, and dairy, but start with with one, see what you consume most of and start there. And then add in more cruciferous vegetables to your diet, which are, like I said, kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, collard greens, but making sure that they are lightly cooked. Of course, you could have raw kale here and there, but um, if this is something that I would suggest you have one of those foods every single day and making sure that they're at least lightly cooked to, um, so to make sure that you're not uh, adding to a thyroid problem that you might currently have. So that's number one. Number two, this one is from Sarah. Um, She says, how much impact do exterior toxins have on your body and your overall health? I love this question. So this is huge. This is a huge part of wellness, a huge part of hormone health that is really missed, especially with medical doctors and stuff. Like this is never something that we are taught or talked about. So your skin, let's just start with skincare. Your skin is your largest organ. It absorbs 80% of what you put on it. And most of the chemicals that are in conventional products, like our lotions, our face, um, like skincare routine, all of that, all the, the most of the chemicals that are in those products are banned in Europe, but allowed in the United States. And the thing with skincare is that it, like I said, you, we absorb 80% of what we put on it and it goes directly into our bloodstream. So it bypasses our liver. So our, like I said before, our liver is such an integral part of our health and our hormones that our liver is what processes all excess toxins, excess hormones, all that stuff. That's its job. So we're able to sustain a a certain amount of toxicity just from living in daily life. We come in contact with environmental toxins and things like that. So it's, it's meant to help process it out so it doesn't kill us. But when it's on directly on our skin, it goes right into our bloodstream. So it doesn't even get to go through our liver and get processed out properly. So there are more than 80,000 chemicals on the market today, 80,000 chemicals, which is crazy. And the majority of them don't have any safety data. And this is like particularly for skincare and the beauty industry, which is what I'm talking about right now. 
But what's even worse is that the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, um, this is the agency that like regulates cosmetics in the United States, they don't have the authority to actually remove harmful ingredients from the products that we put in our bodies, that we put on our kids' bodies, that we use every single day, day after day after day. They don't have the authority to do that. And there have been decades of studies that indicate serious health issues, including asthma, cancer, infertility, hormone imbalances, um, and more that are on the rise. And it, in some part, due to the like ongoing chronic exposure we have to toxic chemicals. And like I said, this is specifically right now for skin and beauty care. So makeup, skincare, like face wash, um, moisturizers, our lotions, um, our shampoo, our, like all of that stuff. And aside from that, also, you know, we have toxins in our food supply as well. Um, so that is a huge problem, and it really does cause a ton of hormonal imbalances. And now that is just specifically for skincare. Now, and that, like I said, it really messes up our endocrine system, which regulates our hormones. So it's really important to make sure that we are using quality skincare products because it 80% of what you put on is absorbed. And there are chemicals that are sold. I'm not going to name like brands of, you know, uh, skincare and makeup and all that stuff, but any conventional ones that you could easily get at CVS or something like that have thousands of chemicals in it that are illegal in other countries because they are directly tied to cancer, infertility, asthma, all of this stuff. So if, if you are interested, first here's, okay, I'm getting like all squirrely because this is such a big topic and I'm so passionate about it. Here's step one, and then I'm going to move on to household products. But this right now is specifically talking about skincare and beauty products. If you, what I want you to do is go to ewg.org slash skin deep. And if you're driving, walking, showering, doing laundry, whatever you're doing, I'll put it in the show notes and go and look at your current products and put them in this database and you could search the toxicity level. So before you start freaking out and you're like, oh my God, I got to throw everything out, look up the current products you have because maybe you have a better brand than you think. And ewg.org, that's the environmental working group, they have a whole database where you could put in your products and it could tell you the toxicity level on a scale of one to 10, how toxic it is, what actual ingredients in the products are toxic and what why they're toxic. Like, is it an allergy thing? Is it because it causes cancer? cancer? Is it because it's tied to reproductive disorders? So put your products in that database to check them out and then start replacing them one by one. So once you are about to run out of one, if you notice that this is really a toxic one, then I suggest once it runs out, buy a new one. You don't have to overhaul the whole thing unless you want to, but you don't have to do that. You could do it one by one. And of course, if you have been hanging out with me for a while, especially on Instagram at Karin Angelica, you know I'm totally obsessed with Skin Essence, which I actually had one of the co-founders on there um, on episode eight of this podcast. So I'll go back and link that too. It's all about skincare and like a whole like 40 minutes about this topic. And I'm obsessed with Skin Essence because it's called Skin Essence Organics. Their products, you could literally eat them like, and you wouldn't get sick. So the rule of thumb is if you can't ingest it, you shouldn't be putting it on your skin. Like that's how pure these products should be. Aside from the fact of it really improving your overall health and your reproductive system and all of that, it's better for your skin and your skin will actually look better. So that's, I've tried so many organic products that actually don't even work and they're so expensive. Then I finally found Skin Essence and I was like, oh my God, these are affordable. They're effective. I'm obsessed with them. They're so clean. So that's why I started working with them. 
And now I have a discount code for you. So if you're like, oh my God, I need to get new products, try Skin Essence Organics. I highly recommend them. Everybody who I have recommended them to is obsessed with them. And you get 15% off if you use the code Corinne. So I'll put that in the show notes too. And then if you spend over $50, you also get free express shipping on that. And it is seriously already so affordable. It's unbelievable. So definitely go check them out. If you live in Canada, um, the website will be different. It's still the same actual company, but the URL is different. So I'll put both in the show notes for you. So that's the skincare side of it. Now let's talk about household cleaning products, which the same applies. And you could still check your products on ewg.org slash skin deep, as well as look on there. They have a ton of products, skincare, beauty, household cleaning products that they recommend. But the thing with this is it doesn't, since it's not on our skin, it doesn't get absorbed into the bloodstream like beauty care products do, but we're in, we're smelling it, right? Like our household cleaning products, the candles, our air fresheners, um, just environmental toxins that we come across in day-to-day life. We're breathing that in and that's what goes through our liver, thankfully, right? Because our liver has to process everything out. But here's where the problem is with our hormones. Like I just talked about, our liver is responsible for processing and metabolizing all these excess toxins that we're bringing in as well as excess hormones. But it's going to process and metabolize what's more life-threatening first, which more life-threatening are these toxic chemicals that cause cancer, reproductive disorders, asthma, all this stuff. So if you are using like conventional household cleaning products, you have these candles that aren't, um, if you want to change your candles, I uh, suggest soy wax blend or coconut wax blend. Um, So if you have like regular candles, air fresheners, all this stuff that you're breathing in constantly, your liver is overburdened by that, that it's never going to get to the excess hormones because the excess hormones in our body, they're not toxic chemicals. So our body doesn't see it as much of a threat. So it's going to process and metabolize out these toxic chemicals first. And then if it has enough bandwidth and enough energy and enough time, it'll then get to the excess hormones. But if, if we're doing this day after day after day after day, it just it's overburdened. There's no way it's going to get to the excess hormones, which leads to excess estrogen, which goes back to number one, which could cause heavy periods, painful periods, PMS, mood swings, breast tenderness, all of that stuff. So it's definitely a huge factor in wellness. So I highly encourage you to go to Environmental Working Group, ewg.org slash skin deep, check all of your products, look up ones that you really like that you could change into. I definitely recommend Skin Essence for beauty care for household cleaning products on Environmental Working Group, ewg.org. They have tons of brands that are really good. Like Seventh Generation is a really good one that I like. Um, They have that. Target sells them. So just be more conscious of it. And next time one runs out, buy a different one. And then eventually you'll have all clean products and you'll be good. So don't like feel like it's something you have to overhaul all at once because that's not realistic. But it's good to just start being conscious of it. Same with candles and air fresheners and things like that. Because in our day-to-day life, we come across environmental toxins that we can't control. So why don't we do our best to control what we can control? We can control what we put inside our bodies food-wise, which pesticides also are are chemicals that go right into our body. So that's another thing. And EWG also has the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, which I talked a lot about in episode two of this podcast. You can go back to that. But 
Control what you can control. You could control what you put on your skin. You could control what you surround yourself with, what you clean your house with, and that will really minimize the amount of toxins that we come in contact with, and it will greatly improve your reproductive system, your endocrine system, and it will help prevent things like asthma and cancer that are tightly linked to these chemicals that are in these products. So that was a long answer, but it was really important. So Sarah, thank you for asking that question. Um, Okay. On to number three. I'm like winded from that. (laughs) To number three. Um, This also was multiple people asked this question. So how does long-term use of an IUD affect your hormones? Okay. Now, there are a few different types of IUDs. In general, before I go into them, it is definitely a better choice than hormonal birth control, like than the pill. Okay, it's definitely a better choice. It has less negative effects in some ways than the pill. However, it is still not ideal. You know, it's it's still something in your body, and I'm going to go through the different types. So there's something called a copper IUD, and this actually doesn't change your hormones. It does not prevent ovulation like the pill does. The pill completely turns off your ovulation. And if you want more information about that, I did another podcast episode on it, so go back and check that out. But The copper IUD does not prevent ovulation, which is huge. That's amazing. So how it works is the copper ions actually impair the sperm motility and the physical presence of something just in your uterus changes the uterine lining so that a fertilized egg can't actually implant and develop. But but what what also does, because there's something in there, it causes an inflammatory reaction in your body, and that's one of the negatives about it. So one of the positives of the copper IUD is that it doesn't prevent ovulation, which is amazing because we always want to ovulate because ovulation is the only way we naturally make the hormone progesterone, which is a really important hormone in our body. It helps support our thyroid, our metabolism, our skin health, our hair health, all that good stuff, our moods. So that part is really amazing. Some of the negatives are that it causes inflammation in your body. It can cause really painful periods, heavy periods, and it disrupts the vaginal microbiome. So here we go again, talking about the gut, our gut, our microbiome in our actual gut. We also have a microbiome in our vagina and it disrupts that microbiome, which could cause like yeast infections and it doubles your risk of bacterial vaginosis, which nobody wants that. So if you have a copper IUD and you're dealing with like yeast infections all the time or maybe BV, bacterial vaginosis, that could be the cause of it. Um, and then of course, there's the side effect of copper toxicity, which we don't want. It could affect um, anxiety, it could affect your mood. So those are the negative parts of the copper IUD. But again, the positive is that it doesn't prevent ovulation. So that part at least is good. Now, the hormonal IUDs, such as the Mirena and the Skyla, there are a couple other brands, but those are the pretty much the two like main ones. This is does have hormones in it. It does have a different effect than the copper IUD. This releases progestin, which is not progesterone. Okay, progesterone is the hormone that we naturally make from ovulating. Progestin is a synthetic form of it, so that's not the same thing. So it releases progestin and it thickens the cervical mucus, which is which inhibits sperm survival. This is how it works, and then it prevents the buildup of your uterine lining. So that's how it prevents pregnancy. But the progestin that's in it, it's called levonorgestrel. Like that's like the technical name of it. I have no idea how to, even if I pronounce that right, but it's all been in the show notes as well as all this research. Of course, I have it all in the show notes for you if you want to dive deeper into it. But the progestin is not actual progesterone. So side effects of this can include acne, hair loss, hirsutism, which is excess facial or body hair, um, depression, anxiety, headaches, breast pain, yeast infections, and weight gain. So those are some side effects of the hormonal 
um, IUDs such as Mirena and Skyla. And there's a study that it causes ovarian cysts in 5% of users. So not a huge percentage, but it's still something, you know, more so than if you didn't have it. So it's definitely something to um, like take note of. And the hormonal IUD doesn't aim to suppress ovulation like the pill does, but it can and it sometimes does suppress ovulation. So there was a study that found that it, it does suppress ovulation in 85% of cycles during the first year and then in 15% of cycles after that first year. So there are still some a higher percentage of actually stopping ovulation, whereas the copper IUD doesn't do that, but the hormonal IUD does. It's not, it doesn't aim to do that, but it can do that. So it, I guess it depends on the person. It's not always a one-size-fits-all answer. But one of the good things about it is that fertility does return to normal almost as soon as you remove it, this hormonal IUD, whereas the pill, it doesn't do that. It could take a lot longer for your fertility to return to normal. Um, but... Of course, a regular menstrual cycle with consistently normal ovulation, like if you are not on any form of hormonal birth control, whether that's an IUD or the pill, it obviously will help us actually produce progesterone on our own, which helps prevent osteoporosis, breast cancer, and heart disease. So even though the IUD, either one, is a better choice than the pill, it still isn't ideal and it's still not getting to the root cause. And that's the main thing that I want you to get out of because whether you're going on it for contraception or for heavy periods, because a lot of times with the IUD, people, it'll um, lessen their heaviness of their period or just have it go completely away, which is great if you're someone who really has heavy periods and you don't want to deal with it anymore, but it's not tackling the root cause. So when you get it out, it's just going to happen again. So that's what I don't like about any of these options of birth control because it's not tackling the root cause of what's going on. So of course, like I said, it is a better option, but it's not ideal. So if you're just on it for contraception, I would just, you know, of course, make your own decision. I'm, I don't want to be responsible if you're getting pregnant when you don't want to, but there are such things as condoms that you could use. Um, sustained natural condoms are the brand that I recommend. I'll put that in the show notes again too. But it is a better option, but there are still some risks. So it is important to know that. And it, most important, what I want you to know is that it's not getting to the root cause of whatever reason you went on if it wasn't just for contraception. If you went on it for period problems or whatever reason you went on it, it's not tackling that root cause. And that's what's most important to know. Okay, so that's the IUD stuff. And then the last question is from Amber. Um, and she asks, is a post-workout drink harmful to my hormones like a pre-workout drink is? Which is such a great question. I did a whole episode on pre-workout and caffeine, like I said before. I think it's episode 12. I'll link it in the show notes. But it depends on the product and the brand. So I was looking up a few um, because I personally don't use it, but I was, you know, I got this question. And so I was looking up some. What's most important is for you to look at the ingredients. So is there sugar in this post-workout drink? Because if there is, then that's going to cause a blood sugar spike just like the pre-workout drink does. And again, go back to that episode if you don't know what I'm talking about. Is there whey protein in it? Because whey protein comes from dairy, which is inflammatory, and we just talked about dairy and how it messes up your hormones. So is there whey protein in it? Look at the ingredients. Is there sugar? Is there dairy? Are there inflammatory ingredients in it? This is for everything. Like anything you're eating, count chemicals, don't count calories. Look at the back of... I'm going to actually do a whole episode on this, I just decided. But look at the back of your you know your packaged food if you're not having something that's a whole food of course i aim aim for eating mostly whole foods but things that are packaged look at the back look at the ingredients in it not so much the calories not so much anything else look at the ingredients and the sugar level that's what's most important 
And then you can make your decision. What I would recommend, instead of buying a post-workout drink or whatever powders they have, after you work out, I would just suggest having a meal, having a whole foods meal that's high in protein with legumes, beans, quinoa, or just making your own protein shake with a vegan protein powder and some good healthy fats and some fruits and greens. Like That's what I would recommend because it's whole foods and it's not going to have those sugars in it. It's not going to have the whey protein in it. Um, Again, there could be some brands that don't have any of that in it, which is great. I don't know specifically what brand you were asking about, but just look at the ingredients. That would be my advice for you, Amber, and anybody else who is asking about that or wondering about that. So those are the four questions for today. I hope this was helpful to you. I love doing these Q&As because it helps me gauge like where your head's at, what you want to know more about. So this was really helpful. Um, thank you for asking the questions. I know there were a ton of other ones I didn't get to. I'm going to do a full podcast episode on some of them because some questions a ton of people asked about. So I'm going to do a bonus episode on that. But I hope this was helpful to you. Let me know if you like these Q&As. If you do, I'll continue doing them. Come DM me at Karina Angelica. Thank you so much for sharing it. I'm like, oh, I love seeing you listening to it and your takeaways from it. It's so amazing. And I really appreciate your support with this podcast. I'm so happy to be here with you in my closet, just chilling here talking with you. So I hope you have an amazing rest of the day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.